from the New Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church in East Dublin, Georgia. This is the podcast. You know, sometimes it's good to have a chat with a friend. Today, as we start the second season of the podcast, I have a sit-down chat with my friend, Katie Carmichael. Katie joins me for the first of many conversations I plan to have this season with friends as you get to listen in on some of the great chats I have with my friends about life and the things that we are involved with. I hope that you will enjoy this discussion along with the one-minute devotionals, sermons, and issue-oriented podcasts where we will bring in experts to talk about the topics of the day. We will also take the podcast out on the road this season, where we will interview guests in coffee shops, churches, restaurants, and wherever we can find interesting people to talk about interesting things. And now, here's my conversation with Katie Carmichael. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, and I am here with a really good and new friend katie carmichael hey katie good afternoon it's not raining i can't believe it oh well th- that is a good thing that it's not raining i know yeah and it's not raining inside the panero either oh yes that's a plus oh that is i didn't bring the rain jacket and the headwear and all the stuff to keep me dry so that works out better okay good <laughs> so, so this podcast that i do is about interesting people talking about interesting things and katie and i uh see each other in the local uh, Apple store. Yes. And and that's how we've met. And we've had these really great conversations. So we just decided that we would have a conversation that you guys could get to listen to. <laughs> and, and this is not scripted at all. So, uh, so here we go. So when I start these conversations many times, I kind of start with an origin story. Okay. Where are you from? Oddly enough, I am from this area. So I was born in Warner Robins, raised in Fort Valley, have a farm in Reynolds, lived all over. So <laughs> it just depends. Uh, it, it just it just depends. Okay, and and, and so you, if you can already tell, uh, uh, Katie has been in radio for a long time. Yes. And uh, and so she has this radio voice and 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 the personality to match it. <laughs> I don't know about all that. So, I do have the multiple voices thing, though. Yeah, yeah you do yes. have the multiple voices thing. So we don't know which voice is going to come out right now. So how did you get in? Tell me the story about how you, how you got into radio. Well, it's kind of an oddball story. Um, years and years ago, when I was young, and I was opening up retail, corporate retail stores. Got divorced, came home, was opening the Galleria Mall in Centerville. And I mean, like, literally the whole mall was opening. Uh, the local radio station sent a guy out to do a broadcast that afternoon. I was one of the store managers, so he pulled me to the side and he said, Hey, talk with me on the radio. And I was like, Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. So I did. When it was over, he looked at me and said, You, you and I probably need to have a discussion. I can totally see you working at the radio station. Well, didn't really think much of it. Like, yeah, you know, kind of here or there, whatever. Went on, was working somewhere else later on in life after my second child was born, driving to work one morning, listening to a morning show, and thought, you know what? If they're getting paid, then I can too. So I drove to the local Albany radio station and started an internship that went full-time within two weeks. And they kind of trained me and helped me along the way. So that's how it started. And now the guy who actually wanted me to work in radio is still one of my mentors. 
he has actually given me jobs over the years. Uh, morning show jobs, running radio station jobs, and actually recommends me for some amazing things and has over the years. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. Very thankful for that. He's no longer in this area. He's in Wisconsin where I was at one of my trips. So. Okay. I, got, got I used to live in Wisconsin. I lived in, yeah, I lived in uh, Racine and Madison. Okay. I know where Madison is. I lived in Ashland, Wisconsin, which I did not know the impact of 20 below weather and snow everywhere till I got there, and it's a little different. Uh, it, it is it a is, little different, yeah. particularly for us southern folks. Yes, because it's a different kind of snow. It's yeah. not what we see down here, not the mushy, black eyes, yucky, don't want to get out snow. This is a different powdery snow. Mm -hmm. This is whiteouts, not being able to find the road. Totally different situation. Exactly, so, yeah. and, and they closed nothing down for it. No, nothing. No schools, nothing. Like, you're going. Yes, exactly. No excuse. Yeah, no excuse. <laughs> so so let's let's go back behind the curtain of radio for just a, a moment or two. So you're doing a morning show. Mm -hmm. What time What time does the show get on, and what time do you have to get up to get there? Um, normally, if I'm doing a morning show, I normally go to bed at night about 7, maybe no later than 7.30. Just depends in that time frame somewhere. Normally, I get up at 2, 2.15. I'm at the radio station by 4. Um, the, the radio station, depending on which station you're at, depends on what time the show starts. Some start at 5.30, some start at 6. Basically, when you get there at 4, you're doing, you know, an hour or two hours of show prep and writing down your thoughts and things that you want to talk about. Um, so, my last morning show went on at 6. So, basically, I would walk in the studio. I'd have an outline. I knew exactly what direction the show was going to go. And that came from the prep that morning. Wow. So, 6 to 10 or so? Yes, 6 to 10. How do you get the energy to do that? <laughs> I, I don't know now that you ask me that. Um, I mean, I guess if you think about it, like most people work a normal 9 to 5 job. When you work in that type of position, and, most, and it depends, there again, on the radio station, most morning shows are strictly just morning shows. Now, if you're not on the morning show, you may have other duties, and those are encapsulated in your, your salary and stuff like that. But with the morning show, they don't put a, a pile of things on top of you to do other than cutting some commercials. You know, I handle, like, websites, digital, streaming, stuff like that. But no, like, programming operations, no engineering, because they want you to focus primarily on the morning show. So I think getting off at noon helps, because, like, you have still, like, six, seven hours to do whatever you needed to do. Buy groceries, watch TV, whatever it might be. Meet mm. some friends, have dinner. And then, you know, you get your rest as long as you're on that schedule, which I still have today, even though... I don't work at the radio station. I still wake up at 2.15, 2.30. And you still go to bed at 7? Um, some days, yes. Wow. It depends. Okay. So, so uh, were you on the air, like, uh, for any big event in the world? I I'm thinking I'm thinking 9-11, or were you on the air? Um, yes, actually, I was. Um, actually, I was also on, on the air. Well, I wasn't on the air. I came back to the station because I actually was in Dublin when the war broke out. Um, and I had driven back to the station. I was overseeing all the stations and started running tape of the president's speech when the war broke out and basically stayed up all night and did the mix down for that, aired it the next day, and then all of a sudden we had radio stations from all over the country wanting a copy of it um, because it, it was a monumental time in, in, in history. And every radio station was trying to get prepped and get something ready. But because of my quick thinking and just thinking, you know, like we, we're going to need some of this speech, I was at the station. 
and I literally live like two blocks, so it didn't take me five minutes to get there. Wow. So you, you had the president's speech. This is President Bush. And mm-hmm. then you put some music and some other things around it? We did. And at that particular time, I worked for a country station. So there's a whole lot of, you know, Americana, Patriot Pride songs that you can go in. And basically, you splice into the beat and mix the songs down. Uh, you can lay the words on top of it, depending on how you want how you want the imaging of it, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and I think that's all in the person who produces it. Most of the time, because I've produced a lot of commercials, a lot of club commercials over the years, I try to mix beat down. So basically it goes in one song into another. You never even notice the transition. It might have a couple words on top of it, or it might have just like a swish that just goes by real quick. Mm. So mm. just all depends. So yes. Oh, wow. So on on nine eleven and in, in mm-hmm. the, the aftermath when the war started and all those sorts of things, um, how did your programming for a morning show that's supposed to be I guess lighthearted and fun and all that kind of good stuff, how could you operate in that period of time? Well, a big part about being in radio is number one, you don't want to portray yourself as the news. You are you are the morning show, so. Every now and then, even though people are very conscious and very aware of what's going on in the news these days, they don't turn on the radio station to be depressed. They're looking for something to pick them up, something, you know, to get them going. You know, they don't mind a little conversating here and there about it, about current events and things that are going on, but they don't want to drown in it. And basically with that, numbers have proven that listeners will change the channel if you're going full-fledged news. So... Especially if you're a music station. Now, of course, if you're like WSB, WSB is a news station, so right. they turn to that station for the news. Right. Okay. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, so, I'm always interested about this with, with radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have to like the music that you're playing? <laughs> it helps to know the music you're playing. Um, I don't think you really have to like it. I've played a lot of songs over time that I just didn't care for. Um, as a previous program director who chose the music... Uh, I basically pick songs to put on the radio that I wouldn't listen to in my car. But that's okay, because it's not about my personal preference at the radio station. It's about the audience's personal preference and what they're seeking. So if they're seeking the new trendy country, and, and that's what you play, then that's what they want. You can't throw in old country on trendy country that sounds kind of rappy and, and expect to keep the listeners there. Um, so, you know, there's old school country, there's new school country, and you have to separate the two now. It's really hard to mix those two genres in. Really? So, so, so I can't play Well and Jennings, and uh, whoever is the new hot new country artist at the same time? You could, but you're going to have a diverse reaction from your audience, because let's think about this. The demographic for, say, Hank or Waylon... It's going to be an older demographic. It's going to be me. Yeah, me too, probably, because <laughs> we're about the same age. Um, the new school country, the new stuff like Thomas Rent, you know, Florida Georgia Line, we're looking at millennials and up, you know, so that's, that's a totally different age group of demographics. And you have to be very cautious when you program stations because you're looking for your demographic. Who's going to buy the advertising? That's your main, you know, we, we want you to be entertained. We want you to love our music, but let's, let's talk about it. Radio is a business just like anything else, and commercials pay the bills. Yeah. So it's all dependent upon the demographics set down for the station as to kind of which direction you'd want to go. Okay. So let's talk about your audience. So over the years, you've worked in lots of different markets. I have. And 
people have gravitated towards you and and, and uh, how's that what's your what's your interaction with your audience um well it's changed over the years so initially when i got into radio way back when 20 over 20 years ago you know you were lucky if like say maybe i don't know two percent called the radio station that's never really been a complication for me. For whatever reason, people just like to call in. Um, they've called in and said all kind of things over the years, and I've actually kept a lot of those audio files, which I keep online, just as a reminder of some of the great people that I've come in contact with over the years. Uh, pretty much with, with some of those people who would call in, some people just call in every day. They just want to hear you talk to you. You know, occasionally you've got somebody who just needs another person to listen. So all of a sudden now you're not the radio DJ, you're kind of the therapist. Mm. Or you're passing along recipes or, you know, you're looking up information on Google. So it's all kind of changed over the years. Now we have a huge social media following. So, like, for instance, on my Facebook, which I've taken off 2,000 people just because I didn't need all those extra people I didn't really quite know. Um, and I've kept a lot of my listeners over the years that we still have interactions. So I still know if someone in their family passes away. You know, I know how their kids are doing. Um, I know where they're going on vacation. So I'm always still able to chat and carry on conversation just because I'm able to see their visible social media post. Of course, now you've got TikTok, which is not probably really my thing, but my daughter sends me two a day. And I think, wow, does she think I really have time to watch all these TikToks all day long? But, you know, it's just all in the interaction of it at this point. Um, I still have a Twitter every now and then. Like if there's a music show, I will tweet out the winners of like the Grammys or the CMAs just because I like to do that. And, and it's amazing that all the people that you come in contact with, some of the responses from artists that you get that you wouldn't normally have. You know, like if you wrote them a letter, you don't, you don't always get a response back from an artist. But now you can get an instant reply on right, Twitter yeah. or Instagram. Wow. So it's amazing. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, and so this leads me to my next question. Is radio dead? Because I, you know, I can sit in my car and I can be my own program director. I can I can uh, use uh, Spotify or Apple Music or whatever to, to, to program the songs and the podcasts and everything else that I want to hear. Mm -hmm. I think that radio has taken a different direction over the years. Um, it's kind of based on individual needs of the person who's listening. I don't think that radio is dead. I've been hearing radio is dead for like 10, 12 years now. I've heard that every year. Oh, you know, satellite radio is going to take you off the air. And now what do you have? You have satellite radio who have local radio shows that come on like a morning show. You have all these things that they've incorporated from the radio broadcasting your local radio side into the satellite radio i think there's a lot of options but i think for the most part i think everybody in a community supports their local radio station you know no matter what the format may be it may be that they're attached to the morning show it may be that they're attached to having the weather every 12 minutes you know it may be the top of the hour news at the pledge of allegiance there's something that keeps people coming back to radio and it will always be like that and for instance, I will give you a for instance, and I don't know that you and I have spoken about this, but when Hurricane Michael hit, I was actually down in Dothan. Okay. Uh, so we prepped out for that uh, at the station that I work for, and we literally brought in generators. We had cords running everywhere. I mean, it looked like massive chaos. 
So as the hurricane is approaching Florida, you know, things are happening. All of a sudden, people are trapped. People are calling. They're, they're begging for help. And there's a, a multitude of things going on at this point. We had already started broadcasting 24 hours live at that point because we knew as we watched the hurricane approach that we were fixing to be in a big predicament. Mm-hmm. You know, this was going to be life-changing for not only the radio station but for all of our listeners and their people in, in three states, basically. So as the hurricane approaches um, and it, it starts into, into Florida and comes up through Alabama, literally the power goes off everywhere in Dothan but in our one building at the radio station. Wow. So we had five stations in that building and all of us were still on air. Panama City lost their TV station, all their radio stations. They had nothing. So now you've got a bunch of people who are out there trapped who have no cell phone service. They have no other way of communicating but by radio, so they're relying on local radio to get them the information that they needed to protect. And it, it, was, it was a long two to three weeks, I would go with, probably two to three weeks. Because we had so many people calling the station, and they were so upset. And I'll I'll say that's probably been the most trying time in my broadcasting career, because you want to help everybody. And you have these people who are trapped in little trees, and they're stuck in rooms, and they have no power, they have no water. You know, they've got flooding. I mean, there's so many factors going on at that point. A friend of mine and I had been talking about it. Uh, We had so many people without cell phone service, too, as well. So I decided one day, because I felt really guilty, I, my power came right back up. I lived in a prime spot, so it worked out well for me, but you know, for others it did not. I just felt really guilty at the end of the day when I would leave or, or go to eat. Like, you know, I'm going home, like, you just want to go rescue people and take them to your house and give them a place to stay and some food to eat. So I was looking at my phone, and I had heard in the past that, like, if you change some settings or whatever, you know, you get jump towers. So I started researching that. I called Verizon. I called AT&T. I was looking for confirmation is what I was looking for. I wanted to know that if I change the settings in my phone, can my phone jump towers to the nearest tower and still have service? So I couldn't get confirmation from anywhere. So I walked into the studio with our part-time guy. I said, we're going live after this song. And so I had my iPhone with me. And I said, you know, I went on the radio. I said, I don't know that this is going to work. I'm not sure. But if you can hear my voice, we're going to go through these steps and we're going to walk through it like three or four times. Get your phone out, power it up right now, and we're going to see. So I walked through the steps of changing over the cellular data and and cellular services. And and I told everybody, like, don't forget, like, when you get service back, cut this off because this could charge you. But right now you need service. (laughs) So I told the guy, I said, well, I said, "Um," you know, and I told everybody when we broadcast it, like, don't call us. We don't want you to call us. When, if you get service, you call family and friends, and then if you have time, then call us. Mm. So that night I went home and went to bed, and I was still in the same kind of mood about not being able to help folks. What can I do? What can I do? My guy calls me the next morning. He's like, I need the instructions. I said, the instructions for what? He said, the, the cell phone thing. It worked. Someone called this morning. So... I said, you know what? I'm in route. I left in my pajamas and I broadcast all day up and down and recorded tracks. Before it was over, the national news was carrying it. All of the people who were coming in power-wise to work on it were calling the radio station trying to figure out how to switch over their cell phones. I had to look up the droid thing because I'm not a droid person. But we looked up the droid and we broadcast instructions for both phones. Wow. And that way we were able to help people at least get in contact with their friends and family. Let them know, hey, I'm still here. You know, we might have damage to our house, but I'm still alive. And that's really the most important thing. 
mm. it was for me at that point, letting them, letting their family know that they were going to be okay. Wow, absolutely. Hey, we're here with Katie Carmichael, and uh, we're just uh, talking about her radio career and her life and all kind of other good stuff. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, I know when, when I was in corporate America, I sometimes would bring my personal problems to work. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody not? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so how do you do that on radio when you're supposed to be the, uh, uh, you know, you're the morning DJ at WOLD? How do you do that? Well, okay, so I'm giving away my secrets right now because I've had terrible man luck over the years. Um, it's not that hard. Uh, when you walk into the radio station, you know, you're sitting behind a board. You're watching the music transition from song to song. I know that in, say, three minutes and 32 seconds, I'm going to have to be happy. So when I stand up to talk behind that mic and I push that button and slide that pod, my whole attitude changes. And by golly, when it slides back down, I could go back to being not so happy. <laughs> not so happy, Katie. Because we all have those issues. It's all about how do we present what we're going through. Nobody really needs to know how terrible things are in your life. You need to be able to cover some of that stuff up and deal with it on your own before you start presenting it to the world. So, I've always been able to do that pretty good. Wow. Pretty yeah. good. Okay. Multitasking. Yeah. So, are you a different person on the air than you are uh, in real life? Um, probably not so much anymore. In the beginning, for, for sure. Wow. Um, initially, when I went into radio, they changed my name to Katie. Uh, you really don't, like, you're kind of confused, like, you're not really sure what you're doing at the radio station. You know you just want to be there. You want to be a part of what's going on in the music world. Uh, but you, you just, you got to find yourself. And they tell you all the time, do not pretend to be someone else. And, and everybody has done it. Like, I had a girl who worked in this station, and I thought she was the coolest girl. So I was going to speak like her. I was going to carry myself like her. But people could tell. They're like, no, we've got to find you. So when I started kind of letting the, the part of me that's at home, the part that most people didn't see come through, is when I really started transitioning into having kind of my own personality. And I think that's been fortunate for me over the years because I've been able to connect with a lot of people because I can talk about things that most people wouldn't probably mm. in a normal conversation. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Well, listen, I, I want to really thank you for spending this time with me. This has been great. We've kind of talked about this. So this is a dream come true for me that I have the, the wonderful, fabulous Katie Carmichael in front of a microphone on our podcast. So, so thanks a lot. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. Anytime. Yeah. Oh, well. Podcast is a production of Tudor Point Theological Media Corporation in association with the New Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church in East Dublin, Georgia. Our great team that put together this podcast includes Annie Ingram, Erica Bland, and Chandler Bland. Mel Bland is the executive producer of Tudor Point Theological Media. NBC Dublin is your 24-7 worship center for New Bethel. There you will find sermons, blogs, podcasts, videos, and commentaries. I really hope that you will check it out. And you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you find your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and Amazon Music. I'm Marvin Bland, and you've been listening to the podcast. And until the next time we upload... 
Blessings, peace, and love. Saints, it's your faithful giving to New Bethel that has allowed us to do God's work. You can give to New Bethel by texting NBC150 to 888-364-4483. You can also give online at www.nbcdublin.com. Or you can mail your contribution to Post Office Box 1690, Dublin, Georgia, 31040. Blessings. And thank you.